Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Frank Sinatra, Don Amici, Dorothy L'Amour, Edgar Bergen, and Charlie McCarthy, and one of the world's great comedians, W.C. Fields. From one of his radio programs in the early 50s, here's Frank Sinatra. get you on a slow boat to China, all to myself alone, get you and keep you in my arms evermore, leave all your lovers weeping on the faraway shore. With a moon big and shiny Melting your heart of stone I'd love to get you On a slow boat to China All to myself alone I don't want to wait a moment too long To say that Out on the briny With a moon big and shiny Melting your heart of stone I'd love to get you On a slow boat to China All to myself alone. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy have been one of the most popular teams in show business for over 35 years. From the Maxwell House program on May 30, 1937, here's Bergen and McCarthy, joined by Don Amici and Dorothy L'Amour. With Top Hat a little on one side and Monocle a bit foggy, Charlie McCarthy is still at large, followed anxiously by Edgar Bergen, without whom Charlie would just be a funny-looking wooden doll. But with two-voiced Edgar Bergen to speak for him, Charlie is well on the way to earning the title of public nuisance number one. Nevertheless, we're all very fond of Charlie, and we hope he is fully recovered from last week's slight indisposition. No, doubt. I'm sorry to say that Charlie has not improved. 
And although I've done my best as a practicing physician... Uh, uh, I wish you'd stop practicing. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charlie, but your tonsils, they, they must come out. Is that so? Yes. Uh, you mean you'll have to? Uh... I'm afraid so. Uh, but, Doctor, I feel better. You do? Yes. I feel better. You do? Uh-huh. I got you there, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> I felt better as soon as I saw your slaughterhouse. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make a bit of difference, young man. No? No. Not even if I feel good? Not even if you feel good. Oh, you hate to lose a customer, don't you? Yes, I know. <laughs> yes. Well, now, let's talk this thing over, Doctor. Yes. I, um, I suggest we postpone this thing until tomorrow, huh? No, no. Let's get an early morning start at the crack of dawn around 11.30. No, no. <laughs> I think we better do it now. But I would much rather do it tomorrow. It doesn't make any difference what you'd rather do. Oh, doesn't it? Not a bit. Uh-huh. Well, that's another way of looking at it. <laughs> I thought maybe as a favor. No, no, it wouldn't make a bit of difference. Uh, I certainly got a drag around here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you understand, young man, I'm trying to help you. That's good of you. Yes. <clears throat> I guess there's no use kidding myself. I have suffered. Of course you have. <gasps> oh, how I've suffered. <laughs> oh, I suffer all the time. Yes. But it doesn't help. No. I don't think I'm suffering right. Maybe you're not. <laughs> there must be a knack to it. Yes. Yesterday I was so weak, doctor. I was so weak I couldn't even raise my voice. Is that so? I just sat and hung my head. That's the only exercise I had. Yeah. Uh, how much do you charge for an operation like this, Doctor? Well, of course, I always try to be considered. Well, that's nice. Yeah. For this operation, I will charge anywhere from nothing at all up to $300. Is that so? Yeah. Oh. Well, I'll take one for nothing at all. <laughs> and don't skimp on anything either. No. I want hand sewing and all that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's me all over. Oh, Miss Lemour, uh, are the instruments sterilized? Yes, Dr. Bergen, they're boiling. So am I. <laughs> yes, I have everything ready for the operation, so let's proceed. Yes. Um, oh, nurse, uh, uh, <clears throat> why are you and the doctor all dressed up in white? For your operation. Is that so? Uh, that's nice of you. Yes. I didn't know I was going to have a formal opening. Oh, yes. <laughs> I should have worn my tuxedo. Yes, you should have. I'll wear a black dress if you like, Charlie. No, no, I think you look much better than white. Uh, with you from my nurse, I'm going to be sick for a long time. My beautiful one. Your eyes are like... A... That will do, young man. Yeah. Put your head down. Yeah, well, don't push me. Just, well, don't push me, you hear? Oh, no. <laughs> don't shove. All right. I'll clip you. All right. I'll mow you down. <laughs> Get the idea? I get the idea. Yes. I'm a customer here. Yes, I know. I want service and courtesy. Yes, all right. What's the idea of covering me up, nurse? You must keep nice and warm. Oh. I'm not cold. <laughs> not yet. I may be cold by tomorrow. <laughs> I don't feel so hot now. Oh, that's too bad. How's your pulse? Oh, just ducky. How's yours? <laughs> The anesthetic, please. Uh, I don't want any of that stuff. Oh, it won't hurt you at all. You'll drift on and on into oblivion. Is that so? I hope it's a round trip. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, don't forget to count every time you take a breath. Yeah, I'll fool you. I won't breathe. <laughs> oh, doctor? Yes, Charlie? If, uh, if the worst should come to the worst... Yes. If I should uh, decease her... Yes. Uh, would you see that Skinny Dugan gets my bicycle? Oh, I see. If you die, you want to leave your bicycle to Skinny Dugan? Yes. He's my pal. Well, I shall see that Skinny will get your bicycle. Yes. Uh, what? Well, of course. <laughs> Only, only if you should die. Yes. Yeah. But you don't have to go out of your way, you know. <laughs> Put your head down. Yes. Now let me cover your eyes. Uh-huh. Now start counting. A one, a two. Oh, I smell embalming fluid. Now take a nice, deep breath. I can see Skinny riding my bicycle. <laughs> Oh, redwood fir knows. Oh, I'll get even with fields. That burden's a fake, too. Clang, clang. I feel so foolish. Good evening, Dr. Bergen. I heard you were operating, and I just dropped in to see if there were any prospects. Glad you called. Stand by, Mr. Gearfob. Oh, well, where am I? How long have I been sleeping? Is the operation over? No, Charlie. We haven't started yet. No? No. I want you to meet my very good friend here. Uh, Mr. Don Amici Gearfob. No, the undertaker. How do... Whoa! <laughs> Wait a minute. Aren't you in a little early here? Is it? Say, is this operation serious? Oh, no, no, no. No? Have you oh. lost many patients, doctor? Only two of my patients have died. Only two? Uh-huh. How many have you had? You're my third. Yeah, let me out of here. Let me out of here. On that same program, Don Amici shared the microphone with the incomparable W.C. Fields. Well, how are you feeling, Bill? I'm feeling fine, Don. I just finished reading the synopsis of my new picture. The high cost of dying. They're making it over. Now, please, please, Bill. You must absolutely refrain from using any names on this program. I got a letter today from Chase. Uh, well, you know who I mean. Yeah, Chase, I know. Is Sanborn right? <laughs> I got a letter from the both. I'll read it to you. There it is. Mr. W.C. Fields, Esquire. <laughs> We're calling your attention to your remarks of the 29th Ultimo, which in his regards will be forced to communicate with you prior to the 6th Proxima. What's all this Ultimo Proxima business? I don't know, and I don't care. Oh, so you won't be dragged into it, eh? Yes, Chase and Sandbar. Bill, please. I'm still reading. Paramount. I guess there's no way to put a stop to this. Right here, I'd be patient on him. In conclusion, we tell you, all we seem to hear from you each week is paramount, paramount, Bill, paramount. Bill, 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 listen. Yours most respectfully, Chase and Sandbar. Uh, that's over with. Uh, P.S., please remember... Oh, now, Bill, Bill, this name business is growing into elephantine proportions. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Did I tell you the story about the elephant? Yes, Bill. Yes, you talked about that elephant picture last week and exhausted the subject completely, and oh. me too. Uh, did I tell you about scurvy breaking out amongst the extras? Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, 
Did I tell you there weren't enough ambulances to take him off the hospital? I didn't tell you that, did I? No, you didn't tell me that. Oh, there you are. <laughs> we tied a Pullman car on the side of an elephant and packed uh, the extras into that. One big, strong elephant called Tom. Did I tell you about Tom? <laughs> no, you didn't, but don't bother. Oh, uh, we strapped the dining car on each side of him. He carried one under his trunk. We tried to hang one on his tail, but he wouldn't stand for it. <laughs> Every time he tried to switch the flies off him, we had a train wreck. Well, uh, what happened when you got to the hospital? Oh, yeah. Clang, clang, clang. What is the sound Bill, I have? Bill, Bill, The ambulance is coming. Bill, Bill, you've got this all mixed up. It isn't you going to the hospital this time. This was the extras. Oh, yes. Thanks, Don. Thanks yeah. very much. <laughs> on the way to the hospital, one of the porters left a window open in the Pullman car. And the elephants caught scurvy. <laughs> you ever hear of elephant scurvy? No, I can't say that I did. I remind me to tell you about it. All the elephants caught scurvy except Sophie. I once had an aunt named Sophie. She tried to do away with herself by hurling her buxom body at the rear of a train. Well, now, wait a, a train. minute. Wait a minute, Bill. Huh? People usually hurl themselves in front of a train. Uh, everybody does, yes, that's right. But Aunt Sophie was very backward. <laughs> and you know, Don, she's as hale and hearty today as though she'd never taken a drink in her life. <laughs> Now, look, look, Bill, what happened when the elephants got to the hospital? What'd you say? I said, what happened when the elephants got to the hospital? Oh, they wouldn't let them in the hospital. They gave some, you know, they gave us some lame excuse about the beds all being occupied. <laughs> Don, did we get into trouble with those uh, elephants? Pull up your chair, man. And uh, speaking of old devil trouble, here comes Charlie McCarthy. Uh, say, uh, Bill... I don't think you ought to continue having any arguments with him. Everybody's talking about your feud. I wouldn't dignify him by having a feud. Oh, no. Don't be vindictive, Bill. I'm not vindictive, but I certainly don't want that cord of wood on my knee. <laughs> if Bergen wants to sit there, it's okay. But I don't want any part of him, Don. Did you ever get oak poisoning? <laughs> Look out for that guy. Bill, I, I really believe he, he... Oh, don't talk nonsense. You'll get people to thinking I don't like the rat. <laughs> Bill, will you shake hands with him? And get splinters in my fingers? <laughs> Positively, no. Why, that little rat... Shh, quiet, quiet. Wait a minute, Bill. Well, hello, Charlie. Oh, hello, Mr. Nietzsche. Uh, hello, Mr. Field. Watch me being polite. <laughs> Greetings, my diminutive little chum. <laughs> I trust you are feeling fit this evening? Oh, thank you, Mr. Fields. I hope you're feeling fit. I am. Fit to be tired. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Fields, I brought you a bouquet of flowers. What's she talking about now? As a token of my friendship, a little nosegay. Uh-oh, here it comes. <laughs> I hope you'll like it. Mmm. I've taken enough from that guy. Why, what's the matter, Bill? Look at that nosegay. <laughs> Dog blossoms, poison ivy, and redwood for a nosegay. <laughs> redwood for a nosegay and an ample bit of it, too. I'll... Yeah. I'll... Go away. Go away or I'll throw a grub on you. <laughs> Bill, 
don't be too angry with Charlie. He isn't feeling well today. He needs a doctor. He needs a tree surgeon. <laughs> he didn't know when I was reading to Dorothy Lamar about burning of redwood at the opening of the new San Francisco Bridge, I heard him say, Fields better keep his nose out of that. <laughs> Go away, leprosy. <laughs> Now, did I ever tell you the director of our picture got leprosy? No. Yeah, they sent him to Molokai. We had to keep the extras on at half salary. The extras at half salary? Yeah, for 18 years. <laughs> Pending the director's recovery. Well, uh, did he ever recover? Oh, yes. The day he got back, the extras formed a group, making a welcoming speech and presented him with a fitted portmanteau. That means traveling bag. Yes, I know. I thought you did. Did I ever tell you about my grandmother's portmanteau? This was my grandmother on my father's side. She was on his hip for years. A great companion. She was a drunkard, too. Bill, they gave the director a portmanteau. Oh, yeah, you know about it, eh? No, no, I'm merely quoting you. Oh, they gave him a completely fitted portmanteau. A grip. Satchel. Cabba, keister, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Bill. Are, are you well, going on? Well, fully equipped with sleeping shoes, Eskimo mucklocks, folding golf clubs, wire-haired brush, a wire-haired tarrier to match, an old-fashioned razor, a set of dueling pistols, and a picture of the great commoner, William Jennings Bryan. <laughs> Imagine the extras putting together their little mite to show their gratitude and regard for that director. Yeah, they also gave him a letter. In a lavender envelope. Fully scented, demanding double pay and leprosy insurance. <laughs> well, that was only fair. Ah, uh, but now comes the interesting part of the picture. Two elephants. Uh, excuse me, Bill. One is the Excuse me, Bill. Just a minute. I'd like you to meet Miss Hutchinson. Oh, yeah. How do you know, Miss Hutchinson? How are you? Two elephants, Bill, Tom. Bill, Bill. What? This is Miss Josephine Hutchinson. Uh, this is Mr. Fields, Miss Hutchinson. How do you do, Mr. Fields? Oh, yeah, how are you? Two elephants, Don. Bill, Bill. You know Josephine, don't you? Oh, yes, yes. I knew Napoleon, too. <laughs> My father owned two skeletons of Napoleon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one when he was a little boy and one when he was grown up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm beginning to like Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> well, anyhow, you ought to know Josephine Hutchinson. Remember that grand performance she gave as Alice in Alice in Wonderland? Oh, yes, yes. How are you, Alice? No. <laughs> Bill, look, Miss Josephine Hutchinson played Alice in Wonderland. Oh, what do you think of that? That's remarkable. That's marvelous. What a coincidence. All right, Josephine, how are you? We had two elephants. One was a... a, a I'm feeling two... fine. I wish you were the same. Yeah, I wish I could, too. I had two elephants once. Yeah, I know. You had two elephants. But, uh, uh, Miss Hutchinson, how about that famous Jabberwocky poem that Lewis Carroll wrote in Alice in Wonderland? We'd like to hear that, wouldn't we, Bill? Speak for yourself. <laughs> Let me out of this. Why don't you get rid of her? I want to tell you about the elephant. Bill, Bill. 
Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yes, I know. I played the egg in the picture version. Oh, really? Uh, I know. You must have been the egg that fell off that 12-foot wall. What a memory you have. <laughs> Mr. Fields, I've often wondered, when you fell off, off that wall, did you crack up? I didn't bounce. <laughs> uh, Miss Hutchinson, how about Jabberwocky? Oh, the poem sounds rather silly, but it's amusing. So I fear nothing, and here goes. Was brillig and the slithy toves. Did she say did... slimy toves? <laughs> Quiet, Bill. Oh, did Gaia and Gimble in the waves? Wave, all... oh, I see in her cups. All mimsy were the barogoves and the momrass outgraves. Beware the Jabberwock, my son. Why don't you stop her? She's had too much liquor in her coffee. <laughs> That's wonderful, Miss Henderson. Wonderful. <laughs> Did you ever... Say, John, did you ever hear this one? Really cop, really cop. Brittle cop, true. Julio Brav, Mark McClure, Draw. <laughs> Freebie Krantz, Rome. <laughs> Pretty little thing, actually, cut out. Bill, that's great. <laughs> but Miss Hutchinson was reciting a poem. Oh, yeah, how rude of you, Don. Go ahead. Generation <laughs> <laughs> of that uh, Hutchinson, Topeka, and Cancer. <laughs> Beware the jub-jub bird and shun the frumious bandits. That reminds me of an incident that happened when I was in the Himalayas. I was up there with the Prince Ranji Sinji, the Getwar of Baroda and Cooch Baha. <laughs> we were killing tigers and civets in deepest Darjeeling. Are you through now, Bill? For the lance. Hand me a cup of tea, will you please? Go ahead, Miss Hutchinson. Uh, now, this verse is especially for you, Mr. Fields. I know you appreciate good poetry. Oh, yes, I do. He took his vocal sword bang, and... Bang, bang! We turned all the machine gun on the rhinoceros. Long time the Manxon foe he sought. Uh, the bullet so, struck against the rhinoceros's thick hide and launchily dropped to the ground. So rested he by the tum-tum tree. The rhinoceros looked up at us with a grateful smile, licked up the bullets with her great big tongue. And stood a while in thought. And so she licked the bullets up with her big tongue. She thought we were feeding her Russian caviar. And as in <laughs> uppish thought... Royal Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>